Hi, welcome to another episode of Hashtag My Investing Story. And good evening. My name is Ann McNeil, and I am the Master Wealth Builder, helping to build a stronger and better life and business. And my co-host, Ms. Ioni McNeil and myself are volunteers with Better Investing. And every Wednesday evening, we come to you live hosting another episode of Hashtag My Investing Story. Better Investing is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization that has helped over 5 million individuals learn how to improve their financial future. And we do that by providing unbiased investment education and a very powerful online stock analysis tool to create long-term, lifelong investors. And we host this show to share with all of you individuals who are regular individuals who are investing. And as a result of that, we'd like to bring to you another episode and another great guest. And tonight our guest is none other than Mr. Robert Shaw. And actually Robert states, that in his investing life, he's used Morningstar and a watch list to function as he analyzes his stocks. But more importantly, he's been very involved with bet investing as a volunteer, a director, many offices held. And as you can see from his background, he's gonna tell us a little bit about that airplane in his picture because that's one of his other loves in addition to better investing. He's very involved with the Michigan chapter of better investing as actually Southeast Michigan chapter and he's a past president and currently he's their vice president. So help me welcome Ioni McNeil as we kick this program off and welcome Mr. Robert Shaw. Good evening, Robert. Good evening, Ioni. Thank you. Hello, hello. So yes, it's our pleasure to have Mr. Shaw on uh, because he has been one of those uh, stalwarts in Southeast Michigan, especially for better investing. So um, in, in learning about Mr. Shaw, he, he's had a full life uh, way before I was even born. So we're gonna take him back to his, um, his early childhood and just simply ask, you know, what money tips or money lessons or even habits did he learn uh, from growing up in childhood? Was he entrepreneurial? Did he learn to save? You know, tell us a little bit about money being taught or not taught in your, in your home when you were a child. Boy, that's interesting. My parents were born in 1898 and 99. And as a result, they both lived through the Great Depression. And saving money and not spending money that you didn't have was a big deal. There was no particular emphasis, however, on just how you saved money other than 
you saved it. You put it in the bank or you put it in a credit union. And, and there wasn't much more than that. So uh, frugal, yes, my parents were very frugal. Uh, some people would call me cheap at times. I took that up from them. So that's my beginning. Excellent. And so you, you grew up actually going to um, work for, well, I should say becoming a pilot and working for Eastern Airlines. You know, at that time, were you, I know you were saving, but were you also investing for retirement while you were working at, at Eastern Airlines? Well, with Eastern, they had uh, several different retirement programs. And plus we had a, a defined benefit that is a pension. And so by the time I looked at what was going on with both a defined contribution plan and an alternate contribution plan and the pension plan, you were thinking that everything's okay. I still saved, but you have no worries, right? You're gonna retire, you're gonna have a pension, you're gonna have the benefits, and then one day you don't. And, and because we had saved uh, many other pilots when, when Eastern went bankrupt, uh, they didn't have enough money for next month. Uh, we did, wow. but that's because we had saved. Uh, many bankruptcies, a lot of divorces. <laughs> To put it simply, yeah. Um, when you, I, I kind of want to know when you first found out about investing. You know, coming um, from your parents and understanding savings. Depending on the perspective of your parents, a lot of people during that generation um, deep had a deep mistrust of the stock market. You know, uh, did your parents instill that into you? And when did you? Uh, basically realize, wait, with some education, I can, you know, I can maneuver through uh, this kind of um, unknown, uncharted territory. Well, that, that's, um, that's interesting. No, uh, I don't think my dad ever owned a stock. He worked for Kraft Foods and he traveled, uh, traveled North America, literally from Canada to Mexico. Uh, I found out about mutual funds. He introduced me to Kiplinger's personal finance magazine. I still get it. I find it very useful. It's written on, uh, it's not written on a college level. It's written on a high school level. Uh, we talked before tonight about the classes I teach. I recommend that magazine. I recommend that to your viewers right now, Kiplinger's personal finance. I don't get anything for that's not a paid advertisement. Um, I found Kiplinger's to be really useful and it got me started in the mutual fund world. But, but where do you get information? I had the good fortune to uh, listen to Don, oh boy, my brain is uh, dropping his last name, a gentleman at Morningstar, when Morningstar was first starting so, so that, was, that was helpful. So all I did for a long time was mutual funds. I was vaguely aware probably in the 90s of better investing, but you guys did it on pencil and paper. 
Yes. <laughs> and, yes. And I just, oh my gosh, you've got to be kidding me. I, I'm also a life member of AAAII, but I really find the better investing program methodologies really fit my idea of when we talk about stocks, of, of picking stocks and following stocks and evaluating stocks. So do you remember the year you became aware of NAIC, now known as Better Investing? Probably back in the 90s, but as I said, it was all paper and pencil and it just, you gotta be kidding me. My real connection with Better Investing started in 2009 when I went to a Better Investing regional conference in Lansing, Michigan. And I met a couple of gentlemen there, one Ken Kavula, who happened to be the president of a local Better Investing model club, which uh, the first meeting after that convention I was at, and I joined it and here we are. Wow. I think that's amazing. Uh, well, on two levels. One, there are a few better investing members that we've interviewed and they have were introduced and they kind of took a sabbatical and then they came back. And when they reconnected with better investing, they, they ended up staying connected, which I think is a beautiful thing. And, you know, two people that you mentioned, well, one you mentioned and another one I'm gonna bring into the conversation, uh, Ken Kavula and, and Mark Robertson. Uh, they are phenomenally educating a lot of people, especially in the BI methodology, um, especially in Michigan, but you know, they're having a, a nationwide um, impact on, on just investors overall. They're making it simple, they're making it engaging. Uh, but actually, take us to what type of impact visiting the model club had on you kind of sticking with BI, because I'm pretty sure you weren't a part of an investment club before you visited the model club. No, no, I actually went to the, to the convention to look at a piece of software. And I'm here, I'll take advantage of the rest of it. And I was just enthralled. That's probably the wrong word. I found it extremely interesting. Uh, Ken did some basic classes and uh, it all just made sense to me. It's a very fundamental uh, Warren Buffett kind of approach to, to picking stocks. And I knew I had to find out more. So uh, I went to the, I found out about the model club. I was there at the next meeting and I was there at every meeting thereafter. You had to attend three times to join. Uh, on the fourth time I was there, I said, I wanna join. Uh, I, uh, I did a lot of things with that club and I left that club to start another club. So I started another club in Ann Arbor uh, about a little over three years ago and uh, we've done well. Yes, and, and let's jump to uh, your three-year success story with, with this investment club. I think your, your annual rate of return within the past three years is 
20. I thought you'd bring that up. So I've got it in front of me. <laughs> so from our first stock purchase, which was February 18th, 2018, until today, our IRR, internal rate of return, annually is 29.1%. The market is 18.8. The 500 is 18.8%. We are delighted. But we've had a unique year in 2020. And we were well positioned to take advantage of the downturn. So the proof of the pudding will be, let's double the time period. Let's go out six years. Let's see how we're doing. If we can keep up, we'll say hallelujah. You know, I, I think out of all of the investors, I know better investing members were really the ones with cash on hand, SSGs already done, ready to uh, as um, uh, what is Larry Reno says, back up the truck. <laughs> back up the truck oh my gosh three years uh, 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 not even a percentage point shy of a 30 percent um annual rate of return and you're doing ssgs on every single one of your your um stock Everything. investments right we don't we don't make any moves without ssgs industry studies and and uh, we we keep quarterly updates uh, we don't, one of the things Ken instilled on, he wanted five, four, five, six minute quarter reports. Uh, we can't get it done in four or five, six minutes. I tried to get the club to do that and we just never got it done. So what we've done is we do, because the annual report's important. So the fourth quarter's important. So we'll make the second quarter equally important. Those are in-person reports. The first quarter and the third quarter are online reports just given via email unless there's an issue. And then we have to go in. And because of Zoom, like everybody else, we're meeting online now, which has been quite an interesting uh, plus in many respects. But we now are doing some industry studies strictly online to save meeting time. We have a two hour meeting once a month. And, but industry studies are where it's at. I would say this, a year ago, we found a lot of things to buy, as you know. Today, not so much, it's difficult, difficult. And we try to stay fully invested. We, we do not, other than to make sure we don't get down to zero on the cash, we stay principally fully invested. Right now, we've probably got $500 uninvested out of 50,000. So we so do what, not keep cash. Right. I mean, that, that's the only way you can grow your money, not by holding it, but by investing it. And I, I think you make an excellent point. Um, but I, I wonder where, where your success lies because you started with the model club. How long were you there before you oh, started the boy. other club in Ann Arbor? Oh, nine, 21, three years. I was there for eight years. So you got a lot of experience in being in the so. model club. 
being in the model club. So when you started the club in Ann Arbor, give us a little bit of the makeup of the club. Is it a mixed club, mixed gender club? Oh, yeah. Are they are, are they all better investing members? Are they all already experienced? Do you have some beginners? Give us give us a mix. So I have to back up. Uh, you know this, but for your audience, a friend of mine and I, uh, he's a retired research professor. There's an organization in Ann Arbor called the Osher, this is a lot of words, the Osher Lifelong Learning Institute at the University of Michigan. We call it OLLI, O-L-L-I. And my partner and I teach three courses at OLLI. We teach a really basic investing course. Uh, we teach a course totally wrapped around Morningstar and, and the tools Morningstar gives you if you're a mutual fund person. And we teach about the watch list. And I, I mentioned to Anne that there's an article in the March and subsequently April issues of the Better Investing magazine, uh, a little, not enough, but a little to talk about that. And then we teach a stock class, which will start in about 12 days. And all but one of our members in the club are the result of that stock class. And the member that's not is the result of a member that was in the stock class. So, and we're strictly better investing. Uh, I, better investing has a free 90 day offer for core. And so we, I'll have, I'll hand that out to the people on the first day. So they've got access to the better investing website and the SSG. And we do industry studies and we do, we do it for five weeks and, and we get them acquainted with the better investing methodology. Do you mean to tell me you're, you're working a lot with uh, beginners, oh, but, sure. but, but guiding them in a way that, that they can be successful investors? Well, we're trying. I'm, I'm having a, a Zoom meeting tomorrow with uh, a woman in Detroit who's trying to get her children and their friends into better investing and get them investing. And there's no, there's nothing I'd rather do. So I'm delighted that we have Zoom and I can help her tomorrow and she's a beginner. But, but that's why we volunteer, Ioni. That's exactly why we do it. Now, you, you, you came across NAIC in the 90s. You rejoined in the early 2000s. You immediately you know, became a member of the Model Club. How long did it take you to, to catch the vision and embody the spirit? Because I'm pretty sure you were already a, 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 a service-oriented person. But how long did it take you to become a volunteer, to really start sharing stuff that was new to you? I was probably in the model club for about six years and two members of the club were on the Southeast Michigan board. And they asked me one day if I'd like to be on the board. And I thought about it and I, I thought, yeah, I'd like to do that. So I've been on the board now. I was on the board for two years. I was president for two years. I'm a vice president because I wanted to do events and, and serve and serve the audience. 
And then we had this thing called COVID, which made that a little difficult. I've done a couple of programs with Ken where, you know, he's the program. I'm just trying to put the program together. I'm not the program. <laughs> but uh, we've had Ken and Mark in a couple of programs. We had him in Ann Arbor. We had him in Flint. We had him in Troy. And we were working on Flint again. And COVID hit. And we'll have to see. Uh, what he wants to do and when we can start doing this stuff again, I'm ready to do it. We just have to get an audience that's ran and, and instructors that are ready to do it. So yeah, we want to take this out to the people. I've done a program with Ann and, and Susie. We did one in Auburn Hills. So um, we're ready to go. All we have to have is uh, an audience that feels free enough to show up. I think that's amazing because not not only did you upgrade your membership to become a better investing volunteer but you then upgraded that opportunity to teach with ali or osher ali um the the course that you're about to start in a few weeks is that only for michigan residents can anybody attend because it's virtual? Give us a little bit about the details and also tell us how long you've been teaching. So we've been teaching seven years and it's only for Ollie members. You have to, you're not eligible, Ione, you're not 50. You have to be 50. So you'll have to wait a while. But it, it's, uh, and then most of the people are in Ann Arbor Zoom has opened an audience though, because we now, one class I'm in down there, we have a member that lives in Florida. And of course we have a lot of snowbirds. So they show up, we have one of our club members. He goes to Florida every winter. And now with Zoom, we used to use a different program, but Zoom is so much more convenient. My wife uses it for AAUW. So I have the Zoom package here that I pay for, and I love the recording of the sessions and all the rest of that. Um, so, but we're the, the, the classes are strictly for OLLI members. And that membership is paid? Well, that's a paid membership. Now, what we did try to do, I had, um, I had set up, you know, we're in April now and they used to call it Money Smart Week. And last April, I had a Morningstar program set up four weeks at two local libraries. And for most people, they don't wanna do stocks, they wanna understand mutual funds. And I don't think there's a better place to go than Morningstar. I just, uh, I think Morningstar is just terrific. And many, many libraries have the Morningstar library package, which with a free account, you've got probably everything you need in Morningstar. Yeah, you're exactly right. And we're finding that, especially with uh, new BI members, uh, as you probably already know, so many people's first experience with investing outside of 2020 in the in the recent craze has been through their retirement accounts and many employer sponsored retirement accounts don't let you pick individual stocks you you have to understand mutual funds uh, because that's you know that's what's available to you and so if that's your first 
you know, experience in investing, unless you can really speak to someone that, that has your best interest at, at heart and not just trying to sell you on a product, it can be very confusing, you know, cause you just see a whole list and it's just, it's always a long name and you don't know what information is important. So could you just give us a little bit of some key things for people to, you know, look at um, if they are having trouble um, trying to select the best mutual fund for their retirement uh, plan? Have you got another three hours for this program? Well, I, you, I know you tell, I know you teach this so much. You can give us the what 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 they used to say the forty five version. Yeah. Uh, the, the, I, I would offer this. I would offer this. Um, to go to Morningstar. Get a free, get a free membership, and find your library that has the Morningstar package, and and start reading and. Uh, the, the portfolio function in Morningstar has a watch list. It's, it's, and you go in there, it's portfolio on the top and watch list below it. You can create a list of all the funds that you have available to you in your 401k or 403b or 407. So you can make a list and then you can pick and choose the, the metrics you think you want to watch. Morningstar in the library package, they, they write three, four newsletters. They write a stock newsletter. You probably don't want that yet. They write a dividend newsletter. You don't want that yet. They write a mutual fund newsletter and an ETF newsletter. Read the newsletters. They're, they're, and they're free if you go to the library package. They're free at the library and you've got 12 words. I'd read every one of them. I'd go back, I'd go back 12 months and start reading. And yes, it's work, but it's more rewarding than watching XYZ program, which will only cost you money. This on down the road will make you money. So do the homework start to understand the terminology. Uh, and I don't think there's a better place than, than start with Morningstar and they have a lot to offer. Just dig around. That's how I got started. I just dug around. That, that's, a, that's a great starting point. Um, I, and I'm actually gonna, gonna do that as well because at Better Investing, we talk a lot about going to the library to access um, the value line and for some of us that have been around uh, long enough, we know that Morningstar is the data service that really sources the SSG. Um, but I think that that little caveat is, is a true gem and can really take a beginner to the next level of how to, how to research, how to find valuable quality information. Because I, you know, we asked another guest you know, in, in this whole world of so much information, especially when you're new, uh, you have to know where to go to be able to sort, in a sense, fact from fiction, uh, sales pitches disguised as 
informative reports and white papers and that type of thing. Um, but we have an audience question, uh, Mr. Shaw asking, do your investment clubs invest in mutual funds or is it only stocks? We invest only in stocks. I uh, am aware of mutual funds that do uh, sometimes buy ETFs or mutual funds. We don't, that's, that's not what we're about. Uh, I expect we all own mutual funds. I own mutual funds, but I probably have half my portfolio in stocks. I, I'm very comfortable. I know what I'm doing. Uh, I, I, and I would offer this to your audience. You will find the talking heads on TV talking about everything under the sun and pitching this and pitching that and don't do this or don't do that. Ignore them. Jack Bogle, who's now deceased, Founder and we, bring this out, we bring this out in the class talking about timing the market. Jack Bogle said, I don't know how to time the market and I've never met anybody who knows how to time the market. And they have never met anybody who knows how to consecutively, consistently time the market. You might get it right once, but you have to get it right every time. Nobody does that. So you have to figure out, and this is the learning curve, what it takes for you to sleep at night. How much money do you have in the market? How much money do you have in? And, and the first thing I would tell young people, hello to you young people out there. Six to 12 months in an emergency fund. We just went through a, a terrific year, horrific for many people who didn't have enough money. It's one of the things I learned from my parents. They went through the depression, 25% unemployment, I mean, that was, my mother used to rinse out the milk bottle with water so she got the last little bit of milk in the milk bottle. That's how I grew up. And my wife today is not unlike that. We, we both had similar upbringings. So yeah, six to 12 months of emergency fund cash you just don't spend. And then you work from there because that's not all you have to have. If you wanna have pension plans are going the way of the dodo bird, you are responsible for your pension plan. And there's IRAs and there's Roth IRAs. If you're young and you're getting started, I would do a Roth IRA because taxes are going up and that's an avenue to use. There's some rules about all these things, but if we go back to Kippinger and personal finance in that magazine, they'll keep you appraised of the rules. So you have to understand the rules today in life. Unfortunately, there's a lot more of them than when I was your age. Yeah, thank you for that shout out because this summer we will be working with some youth uh, specifically in communities of color, uh, African-American, Hispanic, and, and, and other communities, but specifically with youth, with, with the goal of giving them exposure to 
investing a portfolio, real time, real money. They can't take it out, but it's real money. And over a 10 week period of time, but two of our deliverables in this, this summer stock market experience program is making sure that number one, they have a credit union account and build the relationship with their local credit union before they need it. And number two, open up and start to fund, even if it's just a very small amount, $25, a Roth IRA, because that investment vehicle is, is not just gonna set them up for retirement with already after-tax dollars, but there are so many exemptions of that um, exemptions allowed for you to take money out without penalty. First-time home buyer, college expense, if you're unemployed and still need to make uh, health insurance payments, it's, just, it's, it's like nine of them. And um, we really want to set up the next generation for success by giving them the exposure to exactly what you're saying, Mr. Shaw, uh, this type of information, the rules of engagement, so that they can start to make the best decisions earlier rather than later um, th that can really set them up. So I would offer this in a 40 year work life. And I just use 40 because that's one of the examples we use. But in a 40 year work life, if you can return just 2% more per year, at the end of 40 years, you will have roughly twice as much money for that 2%. So learning what you're talking about, be it mutual funds, saving efficiently, but, but on the Roth, I, I would say this to you about the Roth, to the best of one's ability, the money in the Roth should be virtually inviolate. You don't take it out. You have an emergency fund, you have the new roof for the house fund, you have the new car fund, you don't use the Roth for that sort of thing. Now, yes, you can take out all your contributions to a Roth, you cannot take out without penalty any of the earnings in the Roth, only your contributions, but they should be the last thing you ever touch and that's only in really dire straits and shame on you if you get that far in uh, then you haven't done your homework or you've just started out and things happened and things do happen uh, for a lot of young people last March was just terrible uh, I, I spent when my when I lost my job flying those wonderful airplanes I spent 33 months out of work it was the worst time of my life just how are you going to survive? What are you going to do? Well, I finally got another job at a lot less money, and I was just delighted to have this job. So, so things happen that we don't have a lot of control of. That's what we call life. And you have to make, you have to be proactive in preparing for these events because they're coming, whether you see them coming or not.
I think she's on mute. Ayon, I'll go ahead and, and give a commercial break, if you will. We want to thank everybody who's listening in, but we also want to remind you that we are hosting two events. The first event we want to ask all of you to go to betterinvesting.org and on the website you will see the Better Investing National Conference, which we call BINC 2021, which will be held in October on the 21st at the Western Dallas Park Central Hotel. So you can please uh, make sure you go there and register and make your plans early. In addition, we are hosting, we started this a few years ago, we host a better investing, um, what we call a financial empowerment seminar. And that seminar will be hosted on the 15th of May. And this is our third year doing this. Last year we did it on Zoom and it was phenomenal. The year before we hosted it right in conjunction with the Better Investing Bank. But that will be on Zoom and you can go to Eventbrite and register. And you can just search the word Better Investing and it will come up. Uh, that's a free event. And we will have concurrent um, seminars going on during the day. It will actually start at 8.45 Eastern time. So for those of you that's in a different time zone, you will have an opportunity to participate. We will also make sure we put the link in the chat on Zoom. So Marshall, if you can help me with that, but we'll also put the link in the chat on the Facebook group. So again, Better Investing, two events. One is virtual, which is our uh, hosted financial empowerment seminar. And it's gonna be a phenomenal day. Uh, we'll go from about 8.45 until about 2, 2.15. And uh, we'll share some, some highlights about that. We have a retirement plan conversation, balling on a budget. Uh, of course, we have breakout sessions. We have client investment club panel, which will get phenomenal information, social security, and we'll have something for individuals at both ends of the spectrum. Those of you that are beginning investors and those who are advanced investors will have something for everybody during that day. The same thing in, uh, in, in Texas when we go to the BEAT conference. And as Iona has already shared, we will this summer be hosting a um, stock investment series for youth with the um, stock market game. All right, and that's our commercial. Thank you so very much. I just wanna remind everybody that you have been listening to another phenomenal guest, Mr. Robert Shaw, and he's giving you his, his, um, his experiences with better investing. And for every individual that we host, every time, and, and Mar Michelle and Marshall, we say it all the time, this is, Mr. Shaw, this is one of the most informative most informative interviews we've had in a very long time. Now we do have a question from my namesake. And Ioni, I don't know if you want to ask that question of Mr. Shaw or if he can see it in the chat or if he want to just respond in the chat. Oh, no, 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 no. So, okay. <laughs> so we, have a, we have a way that we ask questions. Okay, well, anyway, you can go ahead and handle that and I'm going to go back 
on mute and want to thank all of our listeners, callers. Please comment, like, and share the show. Again, please comment, like, and share the show with your friends and family. Thank you. Back to you, Ioni. So, so one of the questions I have, Mr. Shaw, because you know, some 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 people, especially men of a certain age, they tend to ret- retire two or three times. So, uh, how many times have you retired? And if you don't mind, uh, if it, only if you don't mind, do you want to share your age uh, with the listening audience, just so that they can get a sense that it's never too late to get started, and it's never you're never too old to stay invested. Yeah, so my first retirement, when Eastern Airlines shut down in 1991, I was retired. I had earned a retirement. There's a lot more to that story, which I won't talk about. Um, got, when, when you get into bankruptcies, things change. So, so I retired from Eastern Airlines, forcibly, really. Spent 33 months out of work, got a job flying corporate airplanes for a little company in Atlanta, subsequently moved to Detroit. And I spent 15 years at that little company, ending up as the flight department manager. And then I retired from that little company. But when I retired from that little company, they didn't give me anything. They just said goodbye. So the... And I knew that was going to happen. So all during this time, I was spending a lot of time on Morningstar. And I got started, uh, I retired in 2006, the second time. I'm currently 83. So three years later in 2009, I'm in Lansing We had built a house, my wife designed it, I built it, and we live in South Lyon, Michigan. And about two years after we moved in, I'm in Lansing learning about better investing. And as I've said earlier, this is it. This is the system. This is the methodology that fits the way I think Uh, it still does. I love it. Uh, I wouldn't trade it for anything. And we're here. So you were actually over 60 when you first, well, maybe the second time you really joined and stuck with. I was, well, I would have been, uh, I was 68 when I retired the second time in 06. So I was probably 71, 70, 71, let's say 09. I would have been 72 when I started with better investing. It's never too late to start. I have to belabor the point. I have to. Can, can you repeat, I'm, I'm becoming my mother in this moment. Can you repeat that last statement, please? It's never too late to start. Okay, the sentence before that. Oh my gosh, you're talking to an 83-year-old guy. I don't remember you, what you, happened. You, you, you started at 72 with better yeah, investing? 72, right. Well, I'd been investing with mutual funds via Morningstar. And, before and then, mutual- right using the tools Morningstar has to offer are very comfortable in picking good mutual funds. But I wanted to do stocks because I felt there were more opportunities there. I still feel that way. 
but I have to ask, and I have, I mean, you can see the look on my face because there are so many, I'm going, I'm, we're going to guide, I'm going to guide you through this because there are some people I think really need to hear what you're saying. Uh, because there's, there's a lot of misconceptions about what happens when you get older, what you should be doing. Um, about two weeks ago, I spoke with a, a lady who was in her 40s, who, although she had not got started yet, was under the assumption that it was too late for her. It's never too late. It's never but, too late. But, the, but, but there, here's a couple of things. We, we talked about this earlier. Pension plans. If you have a pension plan, you're really lucky. Most people think, well, I'll just retire in Social Security. You've never looked then at what Social Security is going to give you because that'll scare the daylights out of you. Another aspect on Social Security, assuming you're healthy, is you want to delay probably, this is not investment advice, you know the BI disclaimer, this is not investment advice. You want to probably delay your withdrawing Social Security until you're 70. Now, when my wife started her, and we started our Social Security, we didn't realize that. We hadn't done enough homework. We thought we knew what we were doing. It's going to turn out fine, but, but it could have been a little better. So, so understand those things. And then for anything more than what you're going to get from Social Security, and you can create your own My SSA account. Uh, you do it and you can, you can see what the projections are, but don't forget about inflation because it's coming, I think. So you need some other source of income. Well, that other source of income is going to be how much have you saved and how much is it working for you? And that's what we do with the stock market and the mutual funds and the credit union and the rest of that. We make this money work for us. And that's your retirement plan. And you can't start soon enough, but it's never too late to start. Never too late to start. Sooner the better. So I have another person a couple weeks ago asked me, should I still be retired? should I still be investing during retirement? Because I think this lady was under the assumption I invest up to my retirement age and then I don't retire. I mean, I don't invest anymore, but I don't, she doesn't know that you join better investing at 72. You are in your early eighties. You are in the stock market. You so, help, help, so help me out, Mr. Shaw. Help that's me out. a very individual question. And it's going to involve your health, your income needs that you can perceive, but we all have income needs that we don't perceive. So you need to have a nest egg. What does it take for you to sleep at night? When the stock market went down back in 08, I have friends that stayed with it until they couldn't anymore and they cashed out near the bottom. Now it's very uncomfortable. It's not a fun ride, 
but you have to have enough resources and you have to have them allocated into non-equity items, savings accounts, et cetera. How much is your fixed income stream? If you're fortunate enough to have, your wife has a, has a social security, you have a social security, and the more you make, the more that goes into social security. Now, social security is weighted to the low end for the low earner, and it should be. But, but if you have two social securities, well, that's great. Now, if you happen to have a pension thrown in there, that would be even better. But you're likely not to have that today. And the other thing is, what happens to you if your spouse dies? All of a sudden, your income just got cut roughly in half. And if that spouse was providing a medical benefit and now it's gone, your, your expenses just went up. So, so how much do you have in savings? How much is the social security stream? What are your needs? And you're asking a very complicated question uh, for, for an answer. I thought about being a financial advisor and, and doing the work and I thought, no, I'll, I'll be 90 before I get to where I wanna be. So, so it, it's not an easy question. And, 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 and there's stumbling blocks all the way through, but we, you can make choices. Right, but, but Mr. Shaw, I think my follow-up question will help, help us get to the answer, which is how much of this whole process is mindset? Is what? Mindset, your mindset. Your mindset about old age, your mindset about capability, your mindset about hope, your mindset about confidence or being willing to take the first step. Because I'm talking to a man that is closer to 90 than I am to 40. And you're invested in the stock market, you're teaching other people. And, and younger people, younger people, people that are younger than you, it, I, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's the mindset. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's lack of knowledge as well. Uh, and, and that's, that's what we try to do with our classes in five weeks. We can't make you anything, but we can give you places to look we can give you things to think about. We have a lot of people, I would offer this. We have a lot of people that I just let my advisor do it. I, I will say this about advisors. Anybody can call themselves a financial advisor. It, it, anybody, anybody. So, so for protection, I think you wanna have somebody that's a fiduciary. They have a fiduciary interest to you and that's in writing. That's not a casual comment. It's in writing and you want to know how your advisor is paid. If he says, I'm not charging you anything, yes, they are. And it's built into the cost of what you're buying. You don't want that. So you want them to be a fiduciary. You want them to be a CFP. You want them to be a RIA. You want them to be as the CPAs now have one. It's CPA, PFP or something like that. So they, they, they wanna be a fiduciary. If we're lucky, 
we'll get the government will get to a point where they're going to force this issue a little more. Um, the suitability standard of brokers has tightened up a little bit, but it's not where it should be. You want a fiduciary, you want to know how your, your advisor's being paid. And Kiplinger's has talked about this a lot. So I'll go back to Kiplinger's personal finance as a easy to understand magazine. If you don't understand it right away, stick with it, you'll get there. Well, I'm just grateful, Mr. Shaw, to have you on. I mean, when we met, it was one of those, uh, let me call to vet this email being sent. And we became fast friends talking about our histories and, and how we are almost like the same person in two different locations. And I was blown away by your level of commitment and service to not just the better investing community, but the community at large, because you've taken the better investing methodology, resources, community to Ali, you know, and shared it with people that are in that community, making them aware of us and really helping to overall just build a community of better investors, you know. Right more right. informed people making better decisions on their own behalf. You've given us some excellent resources, starting with Kiplinger Magazine, which is one of my favorites. I work at a library, so, and I, and I receive all the magazines. So whenever that one comes through, I'm always flipping through. We had a guest actually a few weeks ago who came from me reading it and Ann Newman recommending her, um, Lauren Williams, who's, who's, um, a woman that has won some Olympic medals, you know, so all from Kiplinger. <laughs> so giving us Kiplinger, giving us the two articles that you wrote in March, 2021 and April, 2021 issue of the Better Investing Magazine. For any BI members that are listening to this, you can easily go to betterinvesting.org and check out the, the online digital version of the magazine. If you're not a BI member, please sign up for the 90-day free trial. And you can also go to betterinvesting.org with your free trial membership and access the two recent articles that, that Mr. Robert Shaw has provided for our community. But on top of that, you gave us morning and how to just start the research process of looking at mutual funds, understanding mutual funds, accessing the newsletter of the mutual funds um, so that we can become better informed investors. And, and, you know, I don't think we could learn really from a better person who has lived so many decades, so many eras, um, and who's in his early eighties and still investing. I mean, it, I'm just so blessed to have had you um, this evening, Mr. Shaw, go ahead. Well, uh, one of the things we need to do as we age is we, we, we are living longer than longer. We're probably gonna see a lot more 100 year olds. And when you're 40 or 50 or 60 or 70, you don't know 
if you're going to be one of those hundred-year-olds. And one of the things I knew as I was in those years was I didn't want to be old and poor. That is a terrible place to be. I still feel that way. And I don't think there's a better way to handle the problems of that can, that can come to us in life, inflation particularly, because if you go back to the late 70s and the 80s, we are looking at an interest rates of 14 and 15%. We had, we had mortgages of 12 and 13%. And people find that unbelievable. Well, that can happen again. And it happened pretty darn quick. So we need to have some way to offset that. And you won't do it at the credit union. Not going to happen. Exactly. So I don't know another way besides equities, stocks, to do that. And they have to be fairly carefully chosen. So even as you age, I don't think you can afford to be out of the market. The question is how much of your money is going to be in the market. And that's a very individual question. So one last audience member question, Mr. Shaw, is uh, your 50-50, 50% mutual fund, 50% stocks uh, position in the market, is that a function of safety or market confidence? No, it's a matter of how much work do I want to do? Okay. Because if you have stocks, you know, if you're in a if you're in a stock club and the stock club has 10 people in 20 stocks, you only have two stocks to watch. I'm president, I only have to watch one. Okay? But if I have 20 stocks at home, I've got 20 stocks to watch. That does take time. You can't do this once a month. You you just have to keep picking away on it. Of course, I do a lot of other things, but but uh, if you're going to have stocks at home, you got to pay attention. I would say one last thing that one of the things we did in our club, we have a worksheet that we demand everybody use, and it's called a stock analyst worksheet, and it it leads us to all the different places we think. Not only, but we think you need to go. If you're going to go to what BI has to offer, what CFRA has to offer, what Value Line has to offer, what Manifest has to offer, what Yahoo has to offer, and we put all that into one sheet where we can digest all of this data. And that's very helpful. Thank you for that. I may have to follow up with you on that. That you're that. welcome. We 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 give it out. It's copyrighted, but we're happy that we we hand it out. Okay. Okay. Well, so we'll follow up with you on that. It's, okay. But again, thank you so much for your time and your your experience and sharing everything that you on the surface level that 60 minutes can hold. Um, but I think that anybody listening right now or in the future is really going to benefit from all of the resources and the shared experience of your journey. Um, because whenever I hear anyone, and I, I know a few, I know a lady in her 90s, Better Investing member, 
still investing. I now know you, 8283, better investing member, still investing. And that is, it's just so inspiring for me because it takes away the excuse of, oh, I didn't start in my 20s. I didn't start in my 40s. Even if you start in your 60s, 70s, and 80s, the fact that you are where you are in terms of age and still looking forward and still, like you, like you, like you said, making your money work for you. I mean, what better position do you want to be in? We do not watch television. We don't have time to watch television. Neither one of us. We do not watch television. Well, I'm going to take a page from your book. So again, Mr. Shaw, thank you so much. And uh, I'll hand it over to Ms. Ann. Thanks, Diane. Well, and thank you so much, both of you. I have to take a page out of um, Michelle Mazur's um, debrief. We do a debrief after these calls. And every single week, she says, that was the best <laughs> episode ever. And we all laugh because we know she's going to say the exact same thing every week. Well, I will tell you, I literally, and for those of you that... that I literally have five pages of notes while you were talking. And so needless to say, our model club with Ioni's leadership, we will definitely be looking into um, many of the things that you suggested. I learned a lot. And many of our listeners who will be listening in the future on podcasts all over the world, you must listen to this over and over. And I would suggest over again. And you have been such a gem tonight. Well, thank you. And so we cannot say thank you enough. Uh, you that know, was my pleasure. Almost definitely, most definitely, most definitely. And so, Robert, thank you again for your service, as Ioni's already said. And we want to encourage our listeners, please remember the links we shared earlier. Betterinvesting.org has the information for the annual meeting that will be held in Texas on October 21st. And that's um, the Better Investing Financial Empowerment Seminar that we're hosting that will be held in, uh, in May 15, uh, 2021. And with that, we wanna remind everybody, we are not financial advisors. We are simply just volunteers. We're not selling anything. We're not stockbrokers. We don't do day trading or any of those things. All of us, all three of us actually are very simply um, volunteers with Better Investing. And we're coming on, sharing with you, hashtag my investing story. And our desire every week is to bring phenomenal guests like Robert Shaw to share with you their investing journey. And as you've already heard, he started investing in individual stocks at age 72. What are you waiting for? All right. So with that thought, we're going to say good night and thank you all for joining us. And we will see everybody right back here. Same place, same time, 6 p.m. Eastern time um, for my investing story. Hashtag my investing story. Good night, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Bye.